You can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store, uh, Apple, Android, Kindle. We don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning. Download the app. Give it a try. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here. Got Heather Shoemaker with me on the phone. How you doing, Heather? Good. Good morning. Good morning. And we've got an in-studio guest. Lisa Murphy is with us back for another episode. Um, how you doing, Lisa? I'm pretty awesome. How are you? I'm great. So the topic, the topic we got for today is tattling. Um, let's go. <laughs> yeah, who are you going to tell on? <laughs> I got... I I get tattled on. Grandbaby has been tattling on me to her grandma or her mommy if I don't do what she says sometimes. Uh, and so I'd really like some advice on how to deal with that. Um, oh, that's so, interesting. You yeah. mean you're not doing what your what your grandchild is asking you to do? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not caving to her every every whim, and uh, and uh, she's she doesn't think that's appropriate. And wants wants some justice, is what she's looking yeah. for. I think so. Well, I think I think that example just brings in the nuances of, of how complicated this topic is, and why it's confusing to kids, and why adults sometimes get all flustered about it. Because in, in your case, a lot of what um, the child is doing is, is trying to get her way and get some control and, and make life line up the way she wants it to be at that moment. And, and you know, kids and adults are, are often trying to do that. So sometimes that's the need, that they're, they just want people to do what they want, and they'll try any method that works. Well, yeah, we all want power. Yeah. So, well, but, but I think that's really just one side of tattling, because... There's so many facets to this. One of it is a genuine um, concern that someone will get hurt. There's sort of an anxiousness that goes along with with the way some kids um, will tell on somebody, mm-hmm. such as you know, so so and so is not holding hands going for the walk, or they're they're they went into the street, or they they're not you know they're not following whatever rules have been established, and um, sometimes that's that's an honest. Uh, fear that that kid is going to get hurt because they're not doing what they're supposed to. Not necessarily uh, going to get you in trouble, but uh, ooh, what's going to happen? Oh my gosh, I'm worried. Do you find that that kicks in? Oh, sorry, I'm a little loud. Um, that that kicks in more around kindergarten age when that becomes something very, very important to that age group developmentally, or have you seen that even with youngers? I've seen it a lot in the preschool age. I mean, not too so much, but yeah, right. it, depends on, it depends on the personality of the child. Mm. And um, what my mom's preschool often will say, that they'll say to the kid, sounds like, you know, they'll, they'll say two things. One is, sounds like you know the rules. Because um, sometimes it's, it's the kid actually just seeking this validation that, it, wait a minute, so-and-so is doing this, and I don't think we're supposed to do that. So by verbalizing it, they can you know, reinforce, oh, yeah, we're, you know, that that's what the rule is. But the other is, is a thing of safety and anxiety and um, uh, sort of trying to be a little parent or a little teacher for the other kids. Um, some kids take on this role that they feel a need to be in charge. It, they don't necessarily like it. Some of them like to 
kind of boss the other kids around, but some of them just feel this weight of responsibility that's older than they are mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to keep the others in line. So another thing that the teachers at SYC often say is, um, it's my job to take care of, of Sandy. You know, thank you um, for being worried about his safety, but it's, it's my job to make sure he's okay. You, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about that. Um, you know, unless there's a fire. Or something <laughs> right. yeah. It's everybody's job. <laughs> and when you say something like that to a child who has this kind of personality, um, often you see their, their shoulders just visibly yeah. relax mm-hmm. uh-huh. because they're, they're being permi- given permission to be a kid and explore the world on their own terms and not, not keep the other kids in line and not, not be the adult. Yeah, I'm four and I don't have to have the weight of the world and the safety of all my comrades on my shoulders. Right, right. Um, and so, so that's another aspect of it. But um, I think we, we see it in a lot of ways and we, as adults, and we don't necessarily know. Sometimes we react kind of harshly if a kid comes to us with information because uh, there's a culture that says you don't tell on people, you know, that, and yet we are always asking kids to talk to us, tell us about anything, you know, being open. And then sometimes we kind of snap at them and say, but, you know, my, not that you mind your own business, but we, there's this culture of don't tell on people, don't tattle, and that it's a bad thing. And I think this is very confusing to kids. They don't know what kind of reaction they will get from adults. I've I've had that happen with uh, grandbaby Rowan in the last couple of weeks too. She's she's like you know there's there's starting to be like uh, Christmas holiday sweets appearing in the house and she's and she's uh, and then there was the whole Halloween candy thing and she's like, Papa, how about some sweet tarts? And I'm like, I think your mom told you in front of me 30 seconds ago that you didn't need any more candy today. And she's like, Well, you don't you don't have to tell her, Papa. I, you can give me, give, give, me, give me some candy and don't tell my mom. And I'm like, well, I think I'm honor-bound to keep you out of the candy because I don't need my daughter, your mother, mad at me. And, and so, yeah, that, hey, don't rat me out kind of thing starts early. And I, I don't want to rat her out, but I feel obligated. What should I do? Yeah. Should I sneak her, yeah, the, I- should I sneak her the candy, Heather? Would that be the renegade thing to do? <laughs> Only right before bed. <laughs> <laughs> Only right before bed. <laughs> right, that's you know, the right I, answer, I, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many ways to approach this, but I, I think that it's important for kids to realize, uh, well, she, first of all, she's showing some moral development and some intellectual development by realizing that because her mother's not in the room, she won't necessarily know what's going on unless somebody tells her. And you know, by her age, she should be able to do that. But even younger kids are experimenting with that. Uh-huh. Hmm, will she know? Will he know if I do this? And and often, of course, we do know because there's a string of crumbs on the carpet. Or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it seems like we're all seeing and all knowing when actually it's just the awareness that the child is not <laughs> as heightened as it might be. Ariel, Ariel came in one time 100 years ago at Family Child Care. I had a blackberry bush in the backyard, and she came in one time. It was like she fell out of a movie. <laughs> literally like purple stained face and I asked her I said how did the blackberries taste and she's like I didn't eat any blackberries (laughs) meanwhile she looks like she fell into a a jar of jam it was hilarious yeah yeah well that's and that's all um that's all part of their their brains developing both their morals and their and their thought processes so it's it's interesting but I think one thing kids don't 
um, kids don't really know the difference because the adults, we don't really understand the difference ourselves between telling something helpful and telling something that's what we call tattling. Because it's all telling, and it's usually telling a grown-up or somebody who has a lot of authority who could get someone in trouble, for example. And I think that's the key, is that explaining to kids that um, telling on somebody, you know, tattling, is when you tell somebody in order to get the other person in trouble. That's the, that's the main, that's what we don't like about it. That's what it sort of sits bad in our gut, is you're doing that to be mean, to get someone else in trouble. But what, sometimes telling is not motivated by that goal. You know, it could be, as I said, that being anxious on their behalf and their safety. It could be um, showing that you really do understand the rules yourself. It could be all kinds of things. Um, so it's not always motivated that way. And I think sometimes we need to give kids the benefit of the doubt, even if they might be doing it in a snide manner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we could, if we respond, assuming that they're not trying to be um, getting someone in trouble, um, you can always say, well, it sounds like you're um, wanting to help Sarah uh, by keeping her safe. And thank you. I will, I will make sure she stays safe. But not giving them the gloating satisfaction of, man, nah, nah, I, I got you in trouble, sort of. Because that, that can give kids a sense of importance. You know, I have power over you because with my words, I got something bad to happen to you. It's not a good feeling, but it's still a powerful feeling. So we want to encourage those powerful feelings that are that are good and, and kind and helpful, um, but recognizing that the power comes in many ways. I, I, so if I do tell her mom that she's into the candy, I'm tattling? I mean, technically, because I'm not trying to get her... What I would do is talk directly to the child and say, we can't do that. I heard your mom say you can't have candy. And, and then, then up goes the bowl. But, but, but then she says... You're not telling on the mom. But then, then she, she goads me on and says, Papa, you don't have to tell. We could pinky swear. And I... Oh, I oh. You might be digging yourself a big hole, John. I, I know. I should, just stay, I should just stay away from that child. I should, <laughs> we shouldn't hang out anymore together. Um, she's leading you down the dark Yeah, she's path. leading me. Yeah, she's trying to... <laughs> She's, she's going to turn me into side. a... Yeah. Hey, Papa, don't be a rat. Um, it's like a, a 1930s... Dirty some movie. Yeah. yeah, Papa ratted me out, and I'm going to the chair. Um, so in in programs, this can be... Some programs, it's like they would almost have to have a, a full-time staff uh, to deal with the tattling that goes on in an early learning setting. I'm, I'm up to my ears with it, just dealing with grandbaby when we're hanging out together. Um, and, and if you're, you're 24 years old and it's your first year working in a classroom and uh, you got 14 kids you're responsible for and it's you and your coworker, one of those people is dealing with tattling eight hours a day. How- well, I think, it's, I think it's more so when the adults create a culture of, of punishment and getting in trouble in the first place when they're responding to children's behavior. I mean, children, uh-huh. children's behavior needs limits, but it doesn't have to be a, um, I'm going to uh, avenge your past wrongs and, you know, and, 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 and punish you for things. So the way we react, if, if kids aren't used to seeing other kids getting punished and get in trouble, they're less likely to use that power trick because the end result isn't satisfying to that. <laughs> um, so it's, 
the adults create the tattling um, probably more so than the kids do. The kids do it because it's, it's one way to get some of their needs met. But if it's not reinforced by the adults, you know, I will, it's my job to keep Sarah safe. Thank you. And then talk to Sarah. I see you're too high up in that tree or whatever the issue is um, without, without punishment. So it, it also sounds then that there could be an, a surge of tattling, say, when somebody new enters the program who is looking to figure out how adults work here, right? So maybe I came from a place where that behavior was reinforced and I'm used to adults responding in a certain way. And so once the children start to see, oh, this, this doesn't fly here, I'm going to, you know, kids will attempt to engage in other behavior. And I, I would imagine that the, the, the tattling would start to decrease Right. Yeah, it's it's all how big a reaction are they going to get? How big a bang? You know, what glory is going to come? What <laughs> is the adult going to swoop down and do something horrible to the other kid? It's it's interesting so, to be the child that caused all that. Mm -hmm. Does the presence of a timeout chair in a classroom promote tattling? Sure, it does. Because then look at what I ha look at what I made happen. I got it. Literally got sent to the chair. I literally <laughs> sent you to the chair. Even yeah. though I know I started it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and, I've and got the, the, um, power. the timeout chair is just one of many sort of punitive ways of approaching all this. Uh -huh. um, I also find that in a lot of programs, uh, adults are trying to, they're trying to combat tattling just by reading a, a picture book. And the one <laughs> that I hear about a lot is called Tattle Tongue. And it's got a cute little rhyme. I think it, your tongue turns polka dots if you purple polka dots or something. Shoot, I'd tattle. love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you could tell what your friends really and are And then saying. I'd be like, now you're lying because that's not going to happen. So now we need a book about lying because that doesn't <laughs> right. really happen when I tattle. Well, oh, this book yes. has been read to a lot of, you know, preschool and kindergarten type age kids in an effort to get them to not tattle. And it was interesting when I, uh, one of my kids came back from school and the book had been read to them and was chanting the little rhyme because it's really catchy. And then he said, what does tattle mean? And oh, geez. That was the whole point of the book was <laughs> not to tattle and, you know, don't, if you do tattle, your tongue will turn purple. And, um, and he said, what does tattle mean? <laughs> Thinking, oh, yeah, this book really worked. So I explained it to him and he just said, it's, um, there's two ways of telling an, a grown-up um, Things. One is if you're telling them something and, and trying to help or, or share something, and the other is telling some, a grown-up to get somebody else in trouble. And as soon as I said that, the lights went off, and he totally knew what I meant. He knows how to get people in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every kid does. Yeah. <laughs> and so once you explain it that way, they get it, but turning your tongue purple... So I think books like, there's certain books that are making the circuit, and I know, um, you know, the first day of school, they all read the book about the raccoon and the, the heart, so you don't miss your mom book, forgotten what it's called, I Love You Forever or something. But every single kindergarten or first grade or preschool reads that on the first day of school. So there's certain books that are going around, and some of them just aren't that helpful. So <laughs> this book has accompanying worksheets. <laughs> oh, oh, it does. <laughs> Oh my God! I'm gonna vomit. So, so we we can't learn about tattling with uh with with catchy picture book. Not when you're you reading could. it six times you and the kids go home. And see what's tattling? <laughs> yeah, I just think that some there's a lot of adults who write picture books 
who are trying to be moralistic, you know, don't lie, don't yeah. steal, don't tattle, don't do all these things. Be kind to everybody, everybody's a friend. And you can learn a lot from picture books. I love great books. But a lot of books are just trying to uh, take a shortcut. If we read this book, five minutes later, the kids will have that behavior. Yep. <laughs> and you really have to engage with the child directly and say things honestly and directly and have them practice and have chance to play and make mistakes. And it's no different than any other moral development or behavior. So a book can be a great companion, but choose your book wisely. Well, and, and Bev Vaz used to remind us to, you know, watch out for the teachy preachy books because kids are pretty smart and they can tell. You know, we, we, every kid knows we're reading that because Jonathan tattles on everybody. You know, it's not, kids are pretty smart to see through that kind of nonsense. And and to me, that's the equivalent of when adults will write a memo, um, you know, in putting out a new policy, when instead of going up to the person that they're having an issue with, perhaps, we hide behind reading a book or we hide behind a new rule or a memo or a policy. You get the memo about rinsing out your coffee mugs. Yeah, exactly. Instead of going up to the person who you know darn well is the only person who's not rinsing out their mugs. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I just, I think that it's avoiding behavior. and, And when, as adults, we're expected to pass on problem solving and communication and conflict resolution when we hide behind books instead of actually getting, you know, having a conversation, you know, I think, I think they're good intentions that could be what perhaps what's my, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, the intention is there and, and it's, it's well, well meaning, but I think it could be mis misdirected. You're missing the mark a little bit. I think. Right. And you can always read a book and use it in a good way to jump off and have a conversation. Yeah. Sure. But, um, but some books so are So another good technique in, instead of books or, or is um, puppets. I think, if, you know, anytime there's uh, something that comes up, um, that let's say there's a lot of tattling in a classroom or, or even in a family, um, kids, it's less threatening sometimes to present the issue with puppets. So the puppet, you can reenact things with the puppets, and the puppets can have this problem and kind of make it blatantly clear. You know, one puppet's going off to tattle, and then somebody, other puppet gets in big trouble. And it's sometimes the kids can't see it as well in real life, but the puppets make it clear. And also they make it less threatening, and the kids want to help the puppets. And they're more likely to say things to the puppets than they might to you, mm-hmm. even though you're the one with the puppet in your hand. Which is a phenomenon that still fascinates me to this day. They can watch you put the puppet on your hand and still be like, oh, <laughs> it's alive! It's alive! Yeah. I love that. So, you know, all kinds of, of whatever you're having challenging issues with with a group of kids, I think puppets are a great way to go. And, and I think tattling um, puppets can really help jumpstart that conversation and and um, and the kids can give helpful ideas to the puppets and it can help change um, real life behavior or I, it can begin to when it comes to real life behavior I think in early learning programs one of the things we could maybe do to help curtail the tattling is uh, maybe keep the staff gossiping in check because when staff are talking about each other or did you see what so-and-so's mom was wearing this morning and that kind of stuff uh kids are kids are hearing it even when they don't think they are and that i mean that's a version of that's a version of telling i've I've got power i've got this news and i can share it and and that makes me 
powerful in cool whatever it is and so we're we're sending out those signals that uh, tattling is a good thing with the way we converse around them a lot of times aren't we I, the the art and of of keeping our mouths shut is, is a great art, and often we need to practice it, <laughs> no matter what age we are. You can say that directly to me, Heather. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought, I thought that was directed at me. Oh. Uh, Jeff, I shut mean- up. <laughs> No, um, I get we're 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 coming up on our time, but I got one more question. Um, I have seen I've seen this in family settings, and I've seen this in in uh, in care settings where kids are actually rewarded for tattling um, on tattling on siblings, tattling on on classmates. I mean, I mean, I've seen stickers and candy. Um, and praise handed out for for these kind of things, and and so that creates hmm. that creates a monster. Maybe I'm just hanging out in the wrong places that I'm seeing this, but it. Oh, it that's a real monster. Uh, you know, also a lot of it gets away from basic conflict mediation. If a child sees something another child's doing that worries them or they don't like, um, you know, ha- encourage them to talk directly to the other kids. Sounds like there's something Joey's doing you're worried about. Let's go talk to Joey. Yeah. Because then it can come child to child. It's, it might not be a conflict, but it's sort of an emotional conflict. I, I always found a lot of success in re- reflecting what the child's actual language was back to them. I, I broke up with needing to make everything better for children a long time ago, and, and that really helped like get to what the child is actually concerned about instead of me projecting what my adult interpretation of the situation might be. That reflect, and you've been doing it constantly the whole time. Of of well, you've been using your examples, Heather. Is that reflection of the language? You sounds like you're concerned about, or you were noticing that he did. Now let's go go work on it. Right? It's not me reacting. It's it's reflecting perhaps on what the child is bringing right. to you. Exactly, and sometimes that ferrets out the whole problem in the in the first place, or at least the worry, and and um, and then there's no tattling going on at all. It's just a conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Any anything else we should toss in here as we wrap up? Yeah, it takes it takes um, more than two to tattle. <laughs> it takes it uh-huh. takes the adult to react. So just because a kid is telling you something doesn't mean they're tattling. It's when you react to that that it becomes a tattling situation. A two part when equation. you swoop down and get somebody in trouble or react in some exciting way <laughs> that gets that that creates uh-huh. the tattle. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, this has been another episode of Renegade Rules. We'll be back soon with another show. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Heather, you got to say bye-bye. Bye-bye. I, <laughs> I did, but it was on top of Lisa's. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, at the same oh that time. darn Lisa. Oh, I can touch a big microphone. Well, yeah, I'm, I may... <laughs> I may have to take her fancy new microphone away from her. It's that, so shiny. Uh, um, hey, we'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Again. <laughs> now I'm going to stop it. Actually, bye, listeners. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. 
hey, you want to support all the Upstairs Studio podcasts? It's as simple as this. Use our Amazon link when you shop Amazon. We get a small percentage of what you spend. You don't pay any extra. You get your stuff from Amazon. Everybody wins. Where do you find the link? Well, it's on the Explorations Early Learning app. You can find it on the Explorations Early Learning website. And if you don't find it in those places, just get a hold of Jeff on Facebook or via email, and he'll hand-deliver it to your inbox. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye.